0: Okay, another episode, Run Your Mouth podcast. We're gonna do it, and first I gotta make some announcements. i are gonna do it really, really quick. I don't want you guys to skip the announcements. It's important information. So I'm gonna get it out there as quickly as possible. I want you to have this information, so that way you understand everything that you gotta know moving forward. By the way, this isn't even me fast forwarding. This is not some kind of a program that makes people talk really fast. This is me. I can talk this fast. If I needed to talk this fast, if I needed to convey all the information before the world ended really, really quickly, I'd be the guy to do it. If they're like, "Hey, we've only got 30 seconds to convey the entire value of the world to the aliens before they kill us," I would be able to do it. I would be able to get that information out this fast. This is a way to talk for the rest of my life. I'm just going to walk around like a dude just distance speed and talks really, really fast. Okay. You ready? I'm going to do all the announcements in one breath. I'm going to take one deep breath and we're going to do all the announcements. So that way nobody skips the announcements and then they know everything that's important. You ready? Here we go. Really, 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 really big, deep breath followed by all the announcements. Here we go. I got a new sketch out. You can check that out. It's on uh, Robbie the Fire, all one word up on YouTube. You can download, review, and subscribe to my podcast. I did not organize these things in a way that I'd be able to get them all out at the same time. I'm going to do it. Shane Hazel, Joshua Smith, I did their podcast. Nashville, I'm going to be down there. I'm also going to be in Washington, D.C. I'm also going to be in Rochester. We got sponsors uh, Sheath Underwear, Yo Kratom, Yo Delta, and I think that's all the announcements. With- <gasps> you know what? I'm going to do the All One Breath Challenge on another episode, and I'm actually going to organize those so I can get them out. Uh, but I think, I think that was everything. I really don't think I needed to cover anything else, which means we can get into the episode. And the first thing I wanted to discuss is, uh, I've noticed that, uh, I think we all know things change with age. You know, you start getting fat or uglier, or older, more wrinkled. Uh, I mean, those are like the obvious things, but I've noticed other things have started to change while I age. For one, I like classical music. The other day I was in my car, some classical tunes came on. I was like, wow, this is really nice. I get this. I kind of like this. Another thing that's changed is I have zero standards in women anymore. Everyone's attractive, it doesn't matter. A woman could walk into a room with really long arms and I'm like, holy shit, those are some long arms. I bet she's got leverage on a hand job. And then another lady can walk in with no arms and I'm like, I never even liked arms. Look at those stubs. I've never seen stubs like that on anybody. I bet if you put her in a pool and let her paddle along, nothing would look so cute. (laughs) Another thing is I just find I'm mad at everyone all the time. There's like, there's zero patience. So I'm just trying to say, you know, things changed, you know. But one thing uh, is that that doesn't change, and this is a skill I forgot. I forgot how good I was, and this is a disgusting topic, but I've got incredible loogie skills. I forgot how good I was at firing up a loogie. I don't know. I guess I was a much bigger pot smoker in high school. So I was like, uh, you know, I was a big loogie guy and to piss off my dorm counselor. Cause he was like right next to, I used to loogie right on the wall. I used to see how thick of a loogie I could get onto the wall and then they never cleaned the door. So they would just crystallize. It almost looked like at some point someone had done a bad paint job that like, you know, you know, like bubbled up. I was disgusting drunk of a human being. I mean, I was much cooler and funner back then, but didn't really work out at some point. You got to have a job and you know, quit showing up high to high school. I don't know why I went into that. Anyways, I'm trying to speak to the positive. I'm trying to tell you guys about my incredible loogie skills because I forgot how good I was at loogies. I don't know. I guess I don't uh, have a lot of phlegm, but you know, in with uh, my system still getting all the coronies out, which now I'm done with. But I had a couple days I was loogieing all over town, and I forgot I was how good I was at this. So, anyways, I had this moment. I was on my porch. It was the evening. I and you know I coughed and all of a sudden I got a little phlegm in there and I'm like, you know I could go to the bathroom and spit this out But then I saw I was like about 24 feet out in the distance There's a dumpster and the lids open right and now I'm looking at this thing and I'm like I'm on the first floor I was like I feel like I could get this into that dumpster and then I was like is anyone I was like It's nighttime if I miss it. Nobody's gonna know and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like, I just think I have this and I don't know if there's like some sort of a profession with uh, geometry where you can quite like, you know, do the math very quickly on wind factors and how you got to arc this thing. And by the way, good loogie form, it, it's actually, it's all in the, uh, what you have to do is you kind of have to curl your tongue so you got like a good ramp, right? And then you got to get like the perfect hole on your mouth so that it's almost like a gunfire where it has to actually squeeze through the hole. And then it's all, it's all in the push. It's about getting a good gust of air. It's all in the, it's all in that. It's kind of comes from, uh, it comes from the lungs, but you got to almost come like underneath your tongue. I don't know if I could quite describe, I, I could train you. If I was in person... I could train you how to spit a good loogie. So anyways, I'm on my porch and I'm like, and by the way, this was, this was like loogie night. Number one, since this, and I reestablished my appreciation for loogies, I've been fucking hocking loogies all over the place, seeing how far I can get these things. But like, this was night one. I haven't hawked a loogie in a long time, but I was like, this is my moment. I'm going to go for it. Right. And I arc this thing landed right in that garbage. At that moment, I wished I had friends around to high five. I, mean, I was so proud of this thing. And by the way, that should be a new event in the Olympics. I-, I think on the, uh, it's like a poor man's golf or something. I feel like on the next, uh, run your mouth summer porch store, when we kind of do all day drinking events and people are bringing their sandwiches, it's going to be a new event. It's going to be, uh, we're going to do a loogie off uh, speaking of the Olympics, I don't know, did you guys watch the Olympics at all? I didn't bother, but on next week's episode, uh, email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Uh, I'd like to do a segment where we decide what, what like event at the Olympics uh, produces the best bodies. So everyone kind of has a perfect body for their event. These are, you know, Olympic athletes. So my question is, which event produces the sexiest bodies? Uh, and I'll, I might even get a real live female on the show who can critique the men. I will uh, critique the females because like, for, for example, I don't think the female bodybuilders are going to come out, unless maybe that's your thing. Maybe you like a masculine lady who can pin you down and make you eat her box, uh, but they're not, like, I think I like a leaner lady. Like I think I'd probably be more into the runners or, or swimmers, maybe those volleyball chicks, maybe the volleyball chicks just attract track uh, like a hotter degree of lady I don't know. You know, I'm going to have to do my research on this. I didn't watch any Olympics, um, but, you know, I don't have much planned for next week after DC. Maybe I'll sit home, I'll open up a nice new can of lube, and I'll start watching this Olympic footage and try and make a determination of what sport produces the best bodies. And if I... You guys have... Because there's so many... Like, there's endless sports now. They've added skateboarding. Pretty soon, they're going to be adding the, the loogie offs, which I... I don't think I'd be a championship level Lugier. You know, I feel like there's probably people in there. Cause I stopped in high school. I'm first getting back into the sport. I feel like there's some people that have probably stayed consistent with it over the years who are like, you know, really top tier. And I bet there's some people that got like real small mouths or people that are like are like really phlegmy. So they got more like of a thick material that gets less caught in the wind. Uh, I bet there's a lot of variables that would go into, and then maybe people might start cheating and like, doing things to produce more phlegm or maybe the phlegm thin. this is a disgusting conversation. Uh, so just email me, gmail.com. if you've got the inside scoop on what Olympic sport produces the sexiest looking athletes, which by the way, that should be the way they judge it. At the end of the thing, they should just be like, all right, well, this person got the gold medal, uh, but this other lady was clearly the best looking. <laughs> And then they end up getting all the sponsorships because in reality, no one cares if you're good at your job. It's really just about how attractive you are. Uh, okay, let's get into our first topic of the day, but you know, this is a nice segue, we might as well plug one of our sponsors, we only got three of them, they're super loyal, and so you guys should support them back, and let's go with, uh, Yo Delta, because all of you guys are stoners, so, you know, why not stock up on some gummies or some vape cartridges over at, um, YoDelta.com, use promo code RYM, you're gonna get 20% off, it's 21+, plus. it gets you high, if you're interested in getting high, this product should advertise itself, uh, and, we're going to take a quick break here because the uh, the train's coming by, unless you guys you guys like listening to trains. There might be someone listening right now who's like, don't take a break. I, I love listening to chain whistles. All right, and we are back because uh, just remember, folks, if you want to pick a random parking lot that you can record your podcast in uninterrupted, uh, if it's the parking spot for the train, you're going to get the train. All right, let's just, uh, I want to talk about, I got COVID. Uh, we all know I got COVID. I am now fine. I think I've uh, spit all the loogies of COVID around town so that I could spread it and share the disease with everybody so that they can get it and just move on with their lives. I'm being honest, but firstly, that's not true. I waited 10 days before I walked around town spitting loogies all over the place. Uh, But I I feel cleansed. I feel like now I can move on with my life. I don't have to worry about getting other people sick. I don't have to worry about getting sick. I I feel like this is the best i felt in a a year and a half. I wish I would just gotten it sooner And, you know, it's just nice to be able to move on with my life. But I want to talk about all the people out there who say that I am dumb for uh, not getting the vaccine. And at this point, I think it's fair to say that I was right. It's like, if a you know, you're dumb for buying a scratch lottery ticket, but if you win the lottery, you can't tell someone that they were dumb for having bought it. It worked out for them. So at this point, I kind of feel like uh, it's fair to, you know, say I was right. So, you know, but anyways, for some reason, I just, I can't stand being called an idiot. And now I've spent a lot of time as an idiot. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not an idiot, but for some reason, when people way dumber than me, just still like the w- w- say when I say, yeah, I'm not getting the vaccine and they just go, well, you're an idiot that, that, and firstly, I actually find it very motivating. If you want to know why on this past week, I'm part of the problem. I was like, so up on facts and figures. It's because that will get me to do my research. Like I almost need people in my life to start just saying, Hey, you're not funny or hey, you're ugly and you can't get laid. Or hey, you'll never be able to have a family. Like bullying works. You know, like I, I gotta say, like we we almost walked away from it. But being mean to each other, I'll tell you. For example, I once I used to cold call. I had a job where I used to cold call. And at the beginning of the day, I'd be uh, I'd be a total pussy. I'd call people out. I'd be like, Hey, you want to buy it? You don't want to buy it? All right, I wouldn't want to buy this either. And then you call another guy up. You're just real sheep. Like, uh, hi, this is blah 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 from blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, I'm blah, blah, blah. And then like over time contractors, they would keep saying like, quit fucking calling me. They would just hang up on you. And I'm telling you, after about two people hung up on me, I get fired up. Right. You'd be like, well, you're not going to fucking hang up on me. I'll fucking hang up on you. And then you start calling people up and go, Hey man, you want to take this job or what? And they'd be like, well, what job you got for me? You go, well, this job, it's going to save your life. Now you're going to take it. I need your credit card right now. There was something about being hung up on that it would just be like, no. And then I click in. It was better than coffee. Like, I, you, you get enough people to say, fuck you to me. I don't even need coffee anymore. I'm like, fuck me. Fuck you, dude. Uh, and I almost feel like just being mean to each other. For example, I was bullied into finally shaving my head. And those people did me a favor. Dude, when I was walking around with it all uh, like thin and crusty and just like, It was terrible. I'd go to places and a gust of wind would come and I'd be like, there's something about your home mirror that when you look at your home mirror, for some reason, things look fine. You know, like when you're at home, you never notice the stain until you leave. And then all of a sudden you get into other lighting. Or for example, I sometimes benefit from this because women wear sundresses and I guess in their home mirror, they don't realize you can just see through it. Like you ever see that? Like there's a lady who's wearing a sundress, and then they're outside, and the sun, and the sun, and you're like, oh, it's almost like that that sound from bamboo. Oh, you're like, and now you just gotta follow around this woman for about four blocks because you know she's got a nice rear end. She didn't even bother putting on the thong, and you're just looking at that booty. Uh, anyways, something about the home game mirror that you never see these things. Then the second you leave your house, you're like, oh, that's cum on my pants. Um. So I used to have that with my hair, where it was like patchy, and like you think you organized it in in just the right way. You put this strand here, you put that strand there, you got a crisscross pattern, you're like, oh my God, I got a full head of hair. And then you'd catch yourself in a mirror somewhere else, and it was like seeing a ghost. You'd be like, no, no, that can't, that can't be. Uh, So sometimes you need people just to be mean to you, so that you realize you got to make self-improvements. Like, I got to tell you, when I was in high school... I bullied a couple kids into losing weight. There were a couple fat kids and I gave them a really tough time and then now they're skinny, successful with hot wives and honestly, I did for them what their doctor never could. These people should be cutting me a check and saying thank you for making me feel terrible about myself because because of you I was able to improve. Like there was this one kid who's, uh, I used to be, I mean I was just such a prick but I was on this uh, program for a year and uh, I was looking around and I noticed that I, it, I, was the, 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 I was the heaviest person there because I was a little bit chunky in high school and I started getting self-conscious about it. I was like, oh man, this isn't good. I'm, the, I'm like the fat kid here. And then I noticed a friend of mine who I used to play hockey with and he was way fatter than me. And then I looked at him and I was like, dude, it's a good thing you're here. Otherwise, I'd be the fattest kid on the program. <laughs> and now that kid's skinny. I'm telling you, he cha- I changed that kid's life for the better. Uh, anyways, what the hell was I trying to talk about? Oh yeah, that people are calling me uh, an idiot, uh, and I find it motivating because then it gets me to uh, to read and things like that. Um, and I gotta be honest, I wish no harm on anybody. You know, I actually really hope that these vaccines work and that they are good and that nothing ever goes wrong with them. That is the way. That is what I hope. To uh, better explain my position, if uh, for some reason you didn't understand my takeaway or my point of view, it's just been that I'm reluctant to listen to these people. We're going to get into in a minute why I think they're lying. And I think if you're a healthy individual, why would you put the risk on your plate of um, of a new technology that might have problems down the road? Now, let me be clear, might have problems down the road. I am not saying that I have the proof that these vaccines are dangerous, and I'm not saying that there is a, a high chance that they will be dangerous. What I am saying is that I see a lot of lies here, and I see a lot of corporate interest, and I see uh, a bad relationship between private companies and government. And as a person who, as I rightfully expected and who knows i I try not to be too arrogant because uh i do find that the universe does kick my ass it was only a couple weeks after i put out that hey i'm not vaccinated and i think i'll be fine joke that i did get sick now do i actually think the universe cares that much about me that they're like hey this guy's getting arrogant i'm gonna kick him i don't know that's a function of my own ocd and something i'd have to explore man am i not staying on topic today so let's go back to what i was trying to talk about which was uh oh yeah vaccines My entire family has this thing. I'm really hoping that they work in the sciences, right? I'm just telling you that, in my opinion, if you're healthy, I think you'd be better off not taking this, uh, as there could be issues down the road. And they might also discover that certain vaccines are better for certain people or the dosages should be different. There's a lot of things that they might discover. I am hoping that these vaccines are good and that everyone who gets it remains healthy, and that they work well for them, and then in 10 years from now, we find out that all me yelling, hey, I think it's a bad equation of risk, turns out maybe I was right. Maybe it was a bad assessment of risk to get it if you were a healthy individual, but same as I made the lottery joke that it turned out to be fine, it turned out to be fine, and those people never had to get sick from corona. That's what I hope. However, every single time someone calls me an idiot, I'm like, when are these people's dicks going to start falling off? You know what I mean? Like, I hope in this, like, the science can reattach but I'm like, when are the horrible things gonna happen? Like, when are, you know, like, because by the way, even if the horrible things would happen, you know, Fauci would still be out there and go, well, uh, if it wasn't for the vaccines, the arms and legs would have fallen off too. So, you know, it's a good thing that that guy got the vaccines. And then people would be like, yeah, but what about the people without the vaccines whose dicks didn't fall off? And then that's when Fauci starts going, I'm, I'm not sure I understand the question. Can, can you give me the specifics? I'm not, I'm not, are you trying to imply that? uh, anyways, but then I'm also thinking I should like keep a record. And that way, if they end up with the giant Alzheimer's f- like things in the future, I could kick in the door and be like, how's that protein spike now? You motherfucker, huh? You like you like MRNA vaccines now. And they'll be like, who are you? I'll be like, right. You got Alzheimer's. Uh, enjoy your room. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I enjoy about everyone who, uh, you know, calls you dumb is I'm always curious. Well, where are you getting your information from? That you're so sure that I'm wrong, the guy who seems to watch and read everything, or you know, probably spends a little bit too much time on this because people called me an idiot, and I'm like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. And so I'm the one guy who'll spend his entire week in the house watching every congressional hearing and reading every article he can get his hands on. So the next time he's in a conversation, he can just be like, please, call me dumb. It's like getting into a fight, getting punched and being like, I got to learn how to fight. That's the way I am with this, uh, Corona stuff where people call me an idiot. And I, and then I like, I try and get some of the information out of them on why they think I'm done. And then I just hope that the next guy, and now I'm the person that no one wants to have a conversation. Like even at like a fan, I become that guy where I'm just like waiting for my moment. Like, yes, please, please bring this up, please let's get into it. Uh, but what I love is like, where, where are you getting your information from? Cause for most people, like they're just kind of getting it from the government. And I just want to say this. So if like Biden's the president and at some point it's that he's the head of the apparatus and he's standing by these, you know, recommendations, if Biden's was sitting across from you at a table and he was giving you advice on anything, like you wanted to know how you could handle any crisis in your life, any, any problem that you were having, you were having a business problem. And Biden started like just giving you information on the topic. Would you listen to him? Is there a single topic in the world you would sit across from Biden and actually appreciate what his opinion was? Well, probably not because he wouldn't even make sense. Like, I bet if we got the inside footage of the Oval Office, he's walking around just looking for the corners. <laughs> he's just walking around, going, like he's just like a goldfish, like he's following the circle. He's like, where, where does this wall end, man? It's just, it's endless. It's an endless wall. I've never seen a wall that went on. the. And you just like, if you got the birds out, he's just walking around in circles, going around in circles. And at what point is blind faith in the government just like, you know, if we went back to the 70s and you were like, well, no, we got to be in Vietnam. We absolutely got to fight. I'm I'm volunteering. I don't even need to go over there. I'm volunteering and I'm getting upset at everyone else who's not going over to Vietnam. We've got to make sure that uh, the Viet Cong is killed so that the entire country or region doesn't fall to socialism. I don't even know what the strategic interests were. But like at some point, it's like, who who are you guys listening to? Where are you getting your information from? Uh, and before I want to go into my biggest questions in terms of everything COVID-related, before I broach that topic, why not plug sheath underwear, the finest underwear money can buy. Unless maybe there's underwear out there that's like totally made of gold, or uh, you know, made of like alligators, or but none of that would be comfortable to wear. So the finest, most comfortable underwear your money can buy for reasonable prices. I'm going to talk to Robert from Sheath. I feel like maybe that should be their new marketing slogan. I'm actually going to plan to have Robert on the podcast uh, in a new episode. They just got mentioned in Forbes for being a fast-growing company, and uh, he's a fun guy. You guys can go check out his podcast. I was on an episode, the RPG podcast, but uh, I always like getting some sales and uh, business tips, and uh, once he was mentioned in Forbes, I'm like, this guy, I think he's got the insights. So hopefully we'll get him on and get some... uh, you know it's good to get some non-just ramble or economic information get some actual life information and uh go check them out sheathunderwear.com use promo code rym you're gonna get 20 percent off uh, i promise you if uh you're out there and you're doing some exercise this keeps everything cool and in place it is crucial for biking or other activities uh, i'm a full-time sheather so if you see me at a live event and uh, you wanna go to the bathroom and get a good look at my sheath bulge, I'll show off my sheath bulge. Any other underwear, I ain't showing off my bulge. There's no bulge, I'm not bulging it. But that sheath that props everything up, it, it bulges out, it makes it look nice. So, you know, you catch me at a live event, unless I shat my pants the night before, in which case, like, I'm out of sheath and, like, I had to go back to my shitty Fruit of the Looms. But assuming I didn't shit my pants the night before, I will sh- I will happily show off my sheath bulge. So go to, uh, um, you know, sheath.com. I actually think it's sheathunderwear.com. You know, you should clarify these things before you promote people for six months and tell them that you're... Uh, that they're one of your three most loyal sponsors okay moving on so here are some questions that i'm just looking at all the COVID information and i feel that if there was good data people would be able to make informed decisions but it seems to me like they are uh, purposely uh government organizations should not be the marketing department for uh vaccine companies and so if you had, if the, if the idea of a regulator would be that they are separate from companies and that they actually work for the interest of the public because the same way as you know, we could contribute towards a you know, third party that would uh, you know, go in and make sure that a factory was safe kind of thing, you could go look at it and see that they've got the, the safety mark. So in theory, we all pay taxes to government. And so now, government's going to be this powerful entity that will actually work against companies in our interest. There will be consumer safety or other type items, uh, but we all know it never it never works that way. Uh, and so you would think when it came to something like the vaccines or health information, the numbers and the reporting of these numbers. Uh, would be honest because the government would have no skin in the game other than to track this information and relay the information in order that um, companies, entrepreneurs, and us in general can make informed decisions. And it just seems to me like that's not what they're doing. I guess the most blatant example was when they were saying that 95% of uh, all current cases were amongst the unvaxxed, and then they found out that that data series went back to January. Another thing I've noticed um, in terms of Uh, dishonest reporting, is that when it came to the death numbers amongst children in this country from having Croden, the number is 400. This is from the Wall Street Journal, a John Hopkins uh, doctor criticized it, and he said that, well, you don't seem to be indicating if they actually died of COVID or just had COVID. These could all be people that actually, and I've recently discovered that when they're testing, like you could have cancer, be in the hospital, um, and then they run a PCR COVID test on you, and the PCR tests are, um, from what I understand, done in a way that if you had COVID, you know, it it depends on like the threshold. There's like some thirty number. God damn it! I don't understand how everything works. And I, I try not to use that word. My apologize to you, uh, Mr. God. I don't damn you in any way. I damn Fauci. Damn it! You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna memorize that. I'm gonna make that my new my new togan my new like thing instead of saying like Jesus Christ or uh, you know damning the good Lord I'm like fucking Fauci. That's it, and that even that even rhymes. Like if it has nothing, you stub your toe. You're in your house. You stub. Fucking Fauci, fuck Fauci. All right. Anyways, trying to talk about the misinformation. Uh, I was just reading about the PCR test that if they're above a certain certain threshold, uh, you could have been sick like you know weeks ago, and it's still going to come up even though like you're not contagious or you're asymptomatic. So you could be in a hospital asymptomatic like a kid from COVID. COVID never did nothing to you or for you, and I guess die of cancer and then all of a sudden you're marked down as a COVID death. Uh, or like if our, if the question we wanted to ask, and let's say that's just not true. Let's just throw that out and say that that's not true. If we just wanted to have an understanding of who might need to be protected from COVID that either they should be staying home or getting a vaccine, you would wanna know, well, who's dying? So is it just really fat kids that are dying? Is it kids that only have one lung? I mean, we got a really big country. Is it, is it just, or is it just random? There's 400 kids. Uh, who, who managed to get COVID and they actually died from the COVID? Those are very important questions. Now, they don't seem to have tracked that. They don't have that information. However, when it comes to people that have gotten the vaccines and they die, then they do track that information. Then all of a sudden they want to know, hey, did they die from COVID or did they die from something else and just happen to have COVID? Another thing that they were tracking was um, people that were... Uh, people that had gotten the vaccines and got sick. They're no longer tracking for that. They just decided that they're only gonna track for serious illness. So here are what in my estimation are some of the critical questions that you would think that a agency of 40,000 people, um, and this is just the CDC, I don't even know how many people work for the FDA, you would think that these are critical questions that are probably not that difficult to, um, to answer that you would just think that these would be the most important questions, and this is what we were re- working on. So the first one, very simple. What are illness rates of COVID-variant vaxxed versus unvaxxed? Simple question. Who's getting sick? I mean, first you would just want to know, generally speaking, who's getting sick, and are the un are the un are the vaccinated people um what is the level of protection that they're getting because of the vaccine that they took? And then you'd start wanting to see that information by um, Age brackets, and also by um, brackets in terms of pre-existing health conditions. But off the bat, general numbers of who's getting sick, how well are the um, how well are the vaccines working? Now, how sick are people in both groups getting? That's another critical question. So, I was sick, you know, for a couple of days. On a scale of one to ten, I'd say I was about at a four. I didn't have a fever. Uh, it wasn't as bad as mono. I can't think, I can't think of times that I had colds and some of the days the colds were worse. It was bad. It, you know, it was a couple days where I was like extremely fatigued and couldn't really get work done. A couple days where my stomach was really bothering me. Uh, cough lingered for a little bit. I, I like it, was. It, it, it wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me. The, the worst part about it was certainly kind of the having to be in my house for 10 days. Um, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me but the people who uh, have gotten vaccinated so how sick are they getting like what is the what is the utility of this thing like so is it 3 days versus 4 days is it having a fever versus not having a fever like the people who are now getting sick after being vaccinated versus people that are getting sick and haven't been vaccinated so how much is this thing really helping? Because their big claim is that you're, you're getting sick, but not as sick. So how do we start quantifying that? Like, are they seeing less symptoms? Are they seeing less days of illness? Are they feeling fatigued, but they're not getting the flu? Like exactly, exactly how much is it really benefiting people? All right, next question is, but I guess the more, the more critical question is going to be, what are their hospitalizations and deaths? So vaccinated versus unvaccinated, uh, what are we looking at in terms of people who are going to the hospital and people that are dying? And then more specifically, you'd really want to know by the numbers. So is it just that unhealthy people um, uh, are in both categories are dying? And so there's an increase that like it's three to one ratio, you know, for every three unvaxxed person and an unhealthy category that are dying, there's one person And so, and then you can start quantifying, here's exactly the protection that this thing is offering uh, versus the risk of maybe long-term health effects, or maybe there are no risks of long-term health effects. I'm just saying it would seem to me that if you wanted to understand uh, the value of these products or maybe even warn people that are in these risk categories that they shouldn't even be going out or maybe it's giving them a false sense of security, critical question, what are the hospitalization and deaths for both groups in each category, meaning like uh, ages, and risk okay now here's another critical question where are we at this pandemic and so if the delta variant is uh not as deadly and we know that there's a lot of the country that has both been vaccinated or has been sick at some juncture in time i keep hearing that there's an increase in hospitalizations what does that mean we were at zero and now we're at three like what exactly are the death numbers because I think most people listening to this, we all thought that the pandemic was a little bit overblown. So now that we're back to, hey, it's super deadly and we got to shut down and we got to have COVID passports, like, exactly how deadly is this thing that we are still saying that we need extreme authoritarian numbers? I, I mean, authoritarian I uh, Measures to be taken to protect us from this deadly virus. What are we looking at in terms of death? Like they keep saying, "Hey, it's getting worse." Hey, there's an uptick. What are the actual numbers here? And what are the actual numbers at this point amongst the unvaxxed? How, exactly, how many people are getting sick? Exactly, how full are the hospitals? Exactly, how deadly is this? And how, and then I guess you would have to reduce for some of like the flawed stats of people who are dying from other causes. But I'm just saying, like these are. These are some of the critical questions and I'm gonna continue. I got more critical questions here. Next critical question I heard on the radio today that 20% of all uh, cases in New York City can be tracked to foreign travel. Why aren't we shutting down foreign travel? For like if this is really the most deadly virus, right? and there's so much concern about unvaccinated individuals, and COVID passports, and this and that, and you're so interested in mutations which are coming from other countries. If you really believe this stuff, like, then why are we just letting people into the country and why isn't there more testing or quarantine times? Like, I would think that that would be the first thing that you would do. Uh, then next is: uh, Do mask or other mandates work? Do we even have evidence that the government-enforced policies are doing anything to help? If not, why are we going to do authoritarian measures in the face of, I guess, no scientific evidence? And then lastly, why aren't we studying ivermectin or other potential ways of helping? If the CDC, it, like, if anything, why don't wouldn't you want to prove that it doesn't work? If we're in the midst of the worst national pandemic or you know this horrible thing and there's something that might work. You're not even interested in finding out if it might work? I mean, you guys are really big into the words of might and hope. Uh, I've heard the scientists go, well, we hope that if you've been vaccinated, you don't spread as much. Or, you know, Fauci saying, well, this might turn into a bigger problem. You guys are big friends of the words might and hope. So if ivermectin has any evidence of it working, why wouldn't you at least study it And at least you could establish for the safety of the people who are trying to use it that this is certifiably unsafe. I mean, if anything, if you guys are so interested in these vaccines and saying it's the only solution, you would probably want to discredit ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine as being a preventative thing. Wouldn't wouldn't you at least want to know? Like if you guys were honestly interested in truth and trying to end this thing, wouldn't you at least want to know that these products didn't work? Wouldn't you want to exclude them? So the latest thing that I really want to work on, and I think that this is going to be a big pro- big part of the run your mouth end of year project, which I am hoping to do again, is I really want to do a deep dive into uh, Fauci, who he is, the time he spent in government, the relationship between government grants and uh, the reason why the scientific community won't attack him, uh, his relationship with the uh, fear over AIDS and some of the medicines that were then later passed off of the fear off of AIDS and the money that those corporations made. That is something that I would like to explore. Hopefully, I'll have the time to research for the end of year. The other thing that I really want to explore and work on is proving That I guess they are manipulating the numbers that they are reporting to us because it just seems to me like if we can certify, like I you know, I don't know, it just it seems to me that they're lying, and I can't unravel the entire story, but at least if we can like have that evidence to go, they are clearly lying and misrepresenting this information, so why are we trusting them? I think that's a really fair and good question. And to go off of that i think the next thing that's going on which is crazy is they're making the recommendation uh for kids or at least the recommendation for kids will be coming and so if you guys believe these people a hundred percent you just go hey then you you would have to believe them for the kid recommendation as well i don't think you could cherry pick well i agree with the recommendation for adults but i don't agree with the recommendation for kids it's like either what you think is what they say is truth and science and so we have to believe them for the benefit of humanity. Uh, which you could argue the benefit of humanity and whether or not you got the responsibility to other people. We don't need to get into that right now, but either you believe them, right? In which case you would have to go give this to your kids or you don't. Now, interestingly enough, I heard on the radio the other day that they're trying to do studies on how much dosage to give to kids uh, because apparently a third of a normal dose might be ideal. Point being, they don't know yet. Making the recommendations uh, and they don't know. So what I would like to do is just certifiably prove that we know that the powers that be are absolutely lying to us. Uh, and then maybe we can better present our case to those that are so trustworthy to just say, why are you being so trustworthy? And I don't think they'll listen. I don't think, they'll, I mean, we all know that they're not going to listen because they just assume that we're wrong or that dumbasses like me wouldn't actually sit down at home and do the research. And if I did, why is it that I would have better information than the doctor that they just spoke to, who just takes their marching orders and gives you a shot? It's honestly, it's no different to me than when psychiatrists give you a checklist and they go, all right, you got the 15 symptoms here for anxiety and here I'm going to look at my reference manual and I'm going to give you this drug. It's like, well, that's their marching orders and most people don't question systems. Most people that are in a system, they don't question those symptoms. You go to your medical school, you get your job in your hospital, someone gives you a recommendation, and uh, that's kind of, it's the easy way to go. Yeah, that, that's my job. I come here, I diagnose it with the test, and then I give them this medication. There's no liability to me. That's what everyone's saying I'm supposed to do, so that's what I'm gonna do. I'm not saying that's every doctor. I'm not saying that these people don't care I'm just saying it takes very unique individuals to actually question systems, and this is where the mic needs to be at all times. But you know, we'll uh, we'll make that change for uh, for future weeks. All right, other topics, and uh, honestly, I'm tiring myself out here, so we're gonna get through these kind of quickly. I'm not gonna do that super quick voice. But uh, by the way, if you guys have insights for me, or you want to work on this of just kind of proving the manipulation of data and their cherry picking of what they seem to track and not track. Uh, please connect with me. This really is not my specialty. Uh, So, you know, if you've got help or insight, you know, collaborate. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com, Robbie the fire on Twitter and Instagram. And why not plug your Kratom and your Delta? Because if you're looking to get super focused 21 plus, uh, and I don't, you know, uh, let me tell you a single pill of Kratom, that shit will put you in the zone. And if you're looking to relax, uh well you can take a little bit more or you can have yourself some yo delta because that show will get you super high and if you use the promo code this is only for yo delta Yo will it's already 60 bucks a kilo you can't get it any cheaper uh but if you go to yo delta.com use promo code rym you're gonna get 25 percent off now chris cuomo he's actually getting in trouble for all the times that uh he was uh touching the ladies which uh you know i guess it's better going down from killing old people and I love that he'll get up now, still, and he'll go. I want you guys to hear directly from me. This is coming from me. We're having a hard time. It's like, well, once you, you don't get to do that anymore, you lost your credibility. Now it is suspicious to me that the DA has decided that they are not going to investigate this fellow for everything that happened with the old age homes. We don't care about elderly death, uh, but we do care if you grab a titty on the job, grabbing a titty or ass. And I'm not saying grabbing titties on asses on the job is okay. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I am saying that you just shouldn't be let off the hook for, you know, killing old people and, uh, making the entire country fear that there's an epidemic that's going to kill everybody because you've got boosted numbers because of all the old people you killed. And, uh, maybe that that should be looked into, which of course they don't want to look into that. They're just going to let them off the hook for it. Uh, but anyways, I don't understand the process here of, Whatever this announcement was made, that I guess the independent committee has made the conclusion uh, that Fauci has, in fact, diddled the lady. So they said that they had 11 cases. Now, if you are responsible, like I, I, I get, I, I understand when you got to build a case, and so you got to keep your mouth shut so that you can really bust a person, right? But I would think once you've corroborated three stories, wouldn't you come out and be like, hey, we've corroborated three stories, 100% we know that this guy is behaving inappropriately, he should not remain in this post, and so let's get our trial on the books, uh, and we're going to continue to gather more evidence, but it is clear, like once you're at three, so why, you're just going to let the guy continue doing what he's doing until you gather more, it's like, it seems to me like you've already validated this, and if this is a serious concern, we imagine if you knew a doctor, you know, and he's just killing patients. Do you, so do you let him kill more patients because you're just waiting to, to see how many, like, hey, this, this case is gonna look more interesting if we know of 40 deaths instead of three deaths. So, you know, why don't we start putting some hidden cameras in the room and we'll let him kill more people so that way we got a better case. Now, for the sake of consistency, uh, and so that I am not turning into one of these team players where you just go, hey, like, it's fun. It's fun that he got busted, It's fun that he's in trouble, uh, and I I I like it. I like seeing that like uh, a person like Cuomo, arrogant prick, been in power, got his relationship with the CNN brother, who I hope in the future is referred to because they always do this, like uh, they always do this, disgraced form or whatever. I hope he's uh, known as like advisor to sexual assaulters. But anyways, if you guys remember the Mueller investigation, I spoke out at it that you know they were saying that it wasn't a vindication. However they didn't go to court because they didn't have enough evidence to go to court. That That's the definition of vindication. The point is if a prosecutor doesn't have enough evidence to actually bring a case, right, then that's a vindication. It's not like, it, then you didn't even have enough evidence to go to the next step, which would be to see the judge who would then say you're innocent. I kind of feel that the same thing is going on here. There's something a little bit unfair that like, I, I'm not saying that these prosecutors... Uh, you know, put together a case of bad evidence. I'm saying until it goes to court, you haven't validated like, and and so maybe we've got to revisit the processes here where we can have court cases in a speedier manner, or maybe specifically when it comes to people in power, we need to figure out how it's like, that goes to the front of the book so that, you know, people can, like, we can get on it right away. Or maybe there needs to be a law that if the DA ha- or somebody else prosecutor is making the recommendation that there needs to be a court case against you, um, that you need to take a leave of absence for the uh, duration of the court case. And everything has very specific timeframes. So it's not like people are getting unseated from their uh, political posts off of the basis of fraudulent claims, where essentially someone can make a fraudulent claim and now you can't you know, be the governor or something else for an extended period of time because you've got this court case that then later gets thrown out. Uh, But I am saying that like, I I don't know if if we don't like unless we have a system here where a prosecutor can put something together, and because they put something together, we just go, Okay, you're guilty because we elect or we institute prosecutors to go research this, and they are it's like Judge Dredd. They are actually the judge, jury, and executioner where this one person is able to research this and make a determination, and then that's the end of it, and then that's the end of it. Now, does it look really bad? That this guy has been in the media uh, with claims of sexual assault, and now he's, uh, you know, now the the, the I, I think the independent review that he even called for came back and said, "Hey, this doesn't look good." Yes, should maybe he step down uh, because this isn't going to look good? I don't know. It's almost ballsy of him where he's like, "I'm going to fight this thing." I'm just saying, it seems like a broken system of injustice where we don't actually come to court, we don't actually seem to review the evidence. Uh, and I'm not saying that any of the evidence is bad. I'm just saying that doesn't seem like a great system where you're, you're guilty just because the prosecutors come forward and say, like, you're guilty. They're like, you gotta go to, you gotta go to court. I feel like that's, that's the way that the, uh, the system's supposed to work. Okay. Last topic we're going to get into is the, uh, eviction mor- eviction moratorium. So I've said this before. It seems to me like the Supreme court, they would rather not rule on things. Uh, to whatever extent, like they're there to essentially, you know, they're supposed to rule on things, in my opinion, and kind of balance the other uh, powers and go, no, what you guys did broke the law, and so you're not allowed to do that. Uh, but instead of doing that, they seem to go, hey, this doesn't like, this is against the Constitution, but we'd rather not rule on it. Best examples are uh, with um, when the churches finally got to see them for being closed because of governor's rules in regards to corona. Right? So they said we don't even know if governors have the authority to be making these determinations that infringe on people's like freedoms, but we're not going to make a determination about that. We're only going to make a determination specifically about churches who have brought this suit. Uh, like they, they only want to kind of exert their authority uh, in very specific areas where they have to. So in this case, the eviction moratorium, they said, yeah, the CDC has zero authority. Uh, to be making determinations that landlords can't evict people. Like I get that it's a national health crisis and you know people are, are going to be without homes, but the CDC doesn't have the right uh, to make these determinations to landlords. I guess the CDC might have the right to go to the Fed and say, hey, we need funds to pay their rent or uh, to do other things. Uh, but no, they don't have the authority to put in an eviction moratorium. So what they did though, is they said that this thing is about to end in a month. So instead of undoing it, even though it's not constitutional, we're gonna let it stand. This is according to my understanding. I'm a dumbass and I read this thing months ago, so I might have this wrong. So the eviction moratorium is over and everybody's panicked. Why are they panicked? You guys should go listen to uh, Clint from Liberty Lockdown, who is under the perception that once the eviction moratorium is over and people are evicted from their homes, uh, you're suddenly gonna see, uh, you know, housing prices come down And you might start seeing the beginning of a recession or depression environment as uh, prices start coming down because we see that the housing bubble uh, and these increased prices, things are not actually that good. And that's just the result of the fact of a low housing stock because nobody's being thrown out of their homes. If you want more information on that theory, connect with Clint or go listen to his podcast. But Nancy Pelosi, she's definitely on the case here where they don't want the eviction moratorium. They don't want people to be evicted from their homes. They absolutely don't want that to happen. Uh, in my opinion, you've got a lot of small-time landlords that own a single property. Uh, and, you know, they got they got a business to run too. Uh, and I don't know. You can't just have free rent and then how many people at this point are just gaming the system? We already know how how hard it is for uh, employers to be able to even staff jobs because of the unemployment laws. How many people are, you know, just trying to play the game? And they're not going back to work they're not being honest actors they're taking whatever the gut, go- like the, the government almost tries to pretend like hey we're going to give these incentives to help people out and we're going to be on the honor system where everyone wants to be a good hard working american so even if the only job they can get is something they hate in a restaurant and they're not gonna you know they're gonna look for the job because they understand that the un- unemployment was just here to help them it was helping to get through bad times and so they should contribute to society if they can and if they need it they should take it that's not the way it works it's just nice. It's just that it, that just isn't the way it works. So anyways, Biden tried playing this game where he they're now going to like do basically the eviction moratorium like on a state level. So it's not specific to what the uh, Supreme Court ruled against. And I, this I definitely read through their own words is that at least it's going to buy us some time until they can undo it. So in other words, they go, listen, we're going to do things that we know are, are, are against the law. But it's going to give us a couple months before they say it's against the law. And then here's the biggest problem. It's not like uh, they have to There's no penalty for them for getting it wrong. It's not like if they tell a landlord, hey, you're not allowed to throw this guy out of his building uh, because we're the CDC and we've got the federal authority to tell you you can't throw him out. And then six months later, it turns out that they didn't have the authority. So does that landlord get to sue the CDC and go, hey, you told me I couldn't throw this guy out and I could have, so now you got to pay his rent. It never happens. When they tell you, hey, you couldn't run your business, you couldn't operate your church, and then all of a sudden it turns out they didn't have the authority to do so, do the people get compensated for the enjoyment that was lost or the spirituality that was lost because they weren't able to attend the church? I'm sure church gets some money because people are actually showing up. I'm sure there's some recruitment from uh, people coming up and coming and showing up the vibe. Do they have to compensate you for that? No. And so they know it. They're literally just going, well, listen, we're we're, we're just going to make this law We know at some point from now the Supreme Court or someone else will tell us that we're not allowed to do it. I mean, it's actually pretty obvious because, well, the Supreme Court should have been more aggressive. It was kind of the honor system where they went, well, it's over in a month, so, you know, we're going to let it go. But, you know, you're not allowed to do it. And so now they're going to just, like, pivot the way that they're doing it. Uh, I think that I'm just showcasing that if you were a believer in democracy, let's look at the way that this thing's just not working. And by the way, um, for Cuomo... Let's also take a look at, so how did he get away with it for as long as he did? Like the, the process here should go, oh shit. Like if he did something illegal, there should actually be a trial, right? And he should be going to jail. If he didn't do anything illegal, then this should be just disappearing. And you could probably play it up to being, pol- like, like, like we need to fucking come to some conclusions. Did Cuomo, did Cuomo do something illegal? where he um, uh, sexually harassed people, or whatever the normal penalty for sexual harassment is, or if he actually groped people, I think that there probably is some actual criminality there. So if he did something illegal, let's go to court, let's say he did something illegal, and then let's actually put him in jail and treat him the way that anybody else who committed those exact same crimes would be treated. Let's do that. Let's not just put together a report and then go and like let him just, I, I guess, leave and then not even go to the criminal aspect. You know what I mean? He shouldn't be allowed to just step down and then call it a day. If what he did is criminal, we should go to court and we should go, hey, this thing was criminal. On the same note, government shouldn't be allowed to just say, hey, we can exert the authority to do something and then leave it for other individuals to have to work hard to prove to them that they don't have the authority to do that and then have no penalties because otherwise they are incentivized to at all times increase themselves even to totalitarian measures because it doesn't matter. There is no penalty for them. So it's like at any juncture in time, just claim that you have the authority to do something, you know, let the chips fall where they will. Uh, You know, whoever loses their business, otherwise it doesn't matter. And then there's no penalty for it. All right. I think we ranted enough. Uh, You know, quick plugs. Come hang out in Nashville. That's going to be an unbelievable time. If you're in Washington, D.C., I, I will be there Saturday, Sunday. Um, hit me up Sunday. The shows are going to be unbelievable. We're obviously, we're doing the live podcast and stand-up show alongside with uh, Chris Faga. Uh, Nashville's coming up. You know, uh, I'm actually moving some tickets. They're probably uh, I, I think we're going to probably cap out at about 40 people, and I think I have about 25 people coming out. So definitely hit me up now if you plan on coming out for that. It's going to be an incredible time. Uh, Black Captain's still out there. Uh, Please go support and purchase that product. I think if you appreciate everything I'm doing, you will like that. And then of course I just put out that sketch and I think that concludes all the announcements. Later dudes.